Hi there, skating fans. Welcome to another edition of the Skate Canada Alumni Podcast. Canada's 1988 Olympic sweetheart, Elizabeth Manley, has turned her silver medal into an outstanding career both on and off the ice. Strong, talented, and determined, and taking another exciting step into the future, Liz is using everything she's learned from sport and from her battles with depression to carve out a new niche for herself, this time as a life coach. Join Liz and alumni chair Debbie Wilkes as they talk about this inspiring journey. Liz, it is so wonderful to connect with you. You've had so many changes over the last number of short years, I would say. <laughs> and, and this is a great opportunity for us to catch up. We need to get filled in on what's going on. You're back in Ottawa. I am back in Ottawa. Um, I was actually in Toronto for a few years and I was busy. I was um, director of the Granite Club and coaching and doing my speaking gigs as I always do. But um, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, because I'm back home in Ottawa with my family, but my husband ended up getting a job here and it's been great. I am so excited to be home and I've got lots of things in you know, in planning stages, COVID has obviously been a little bit of a rough go to try to get things done and, um, you know, some projects that I want to do. But uh, it's going well. I'm pretty happy. You have always, uh, from my perspective, been the sort of person that has a kind of an open mind about possibilities. Um, skating has obviously been um, a foundation for many of those things. How do you account for that creativity that seems to be such a big part of your career? Well, you know, as as the world knows, I went through a, a really tough time in my teens prior to Sarajevo and Calgary, and I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. And after the Olympics in Calgary, I really tried to open up about it. Um, just for my own personal reasons that I wanted to help people. And the stigma for mental health was really at its highest in those days. And people weren't prepared. They didn't want to read about Canada's sweetheart and mental health in the same sentence. They All they wanted to remember was that image of the pink dress and the cowboy hat and that whole, you know, evening in Calgary. But I really became very passionate on working with people. And I found myself um, in the last few years, I started to go through a really tough time again. And interestingly enough, I decided to go to a life coach. And I'm not lying, I sat on the curb for about an hour after I left my session crying. She literally kicked my butt and inspired me so much. And it really made me want to go and maybe go into life coaching and work with people because that's what I've been doing with my speaking and you know working with skaters on you know their psychology and things like that so I went back to school and I got my degree in life coaching and I'm now certified and this is a perfect time for me um, I think it's just it's an area that I'm very passionate about it's an area that I'm just you know really embracing and so I've kind of made this big transition over now as a life coach and slowly getting out of the skating coaching, not because I want to, just because I feel 
right now where I am in my life and in a time in my life, it's more important for me to work in this industry with mental health and everything. Yeah, I I understand. You have always been extremely generous and uh, open and transparent about the troubles that, that you have had, particularly when you were competing. And uh, I, I think that that has been a tremendous eye-opener for uh, support within the mental health world. Was it a yeah. really difficult thing to come to, um, of course, to come to terms with, but to be so transparent about it? You know, you know it's interesting because it, it wasn't. Um, I remember when I, when I first tried to talk about it after Calgary, I, I remember my father and he he sat me down one night and he said, you know, Elizabeth, why do you want to tell the world that you have depression? Like, why? Like, what? What's that doing for you? And you know, it, almost like I was sensing a bit of an embarrassment, you know, from him. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I remember at that time saying, if I can help one skater, one person, one child, one adult, if I can just help one person, you know, to hear my story and realize they're not alone, um, that. That's the reasoning behind it. And it was almost, Debbie, it was almost therapeutic for me to, to open up about it because I had to come to grips with what I was and what, I, what was happening to me. And, you know, one out of five Canadians go through depression and, and even more so with anxiety. And especially today with COVID and everything, you're seeing more and more people falling into that path of, of depression. And, you know, this, that's why I guess I was saying this is just such a right time for me because I want to work with people and I want to inspire them. I, I actually um, <laughs> was working with an ex-skater not long ago and, you know, she just said, you've just changed me, you know, because I think in the skating world, there's always the unknown and there's always, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And with everything that's going on in, in the world today with the pandemic and everything, there's just a lot of unanswered uh, questions and fears. And you're going to see a lot of skaters struggling with that. I mean, canceling the world championships last year had to have emotionally been very difficult on the skaters, you know, the ones who have trained and they were ready to go and, and, and give it their best and everything. And, you know, where, where's that safety net for them to talk to somebody, you know, where can someone just, you know, open up and really express their feelings and work through it. And that's what we really need to do, especially for the skaters in this time. Well, and it's interesting too, because I mean, life is an unknown, that's for sure. But when you're dealing with COVID, um, this is something that um, has not happened in the last 100 years. And we don't know what the outcome is going to be where I feel like it's a best guess kind of thing and has such serious ramifications on every aspect of life. And so I, I applaud you. Thank you. Thank you. It's just, you know, I want, you know, it's, it's, I, I try to look at things, Debbie, in a, in a different perspective. And what I mean by that is um, anything that's negative or anything that's bad that's happening, you know, it, it's really important that we try to look at a different perspective at it. And, you know, my perspective with the COVID is it's horrible and it's, you know, where people are dying and I lost an aunt and uncle to it uh, a few months ago. And, oh, I'm sorry. you know, it's, but, you know, at this time, 
you know, try to look at it in a different way where, okay, this is giving me time now to focus on me. And we don't give ourselves enough time to focus on ourselves. We're, we're so busy in this, you know, this journey of life and we're racing around and we're running around and we're doing so much. It was almost, you know, for me, a time to just slow everyone down and take some time for themselves. And that's kind of how I'm trying to look at it with the people that I work with is, you know, take this time, you know, don't, don't worry about what you can't control, but you can control the time that's been given to you to maybe focus in on yourself and go after some passions and, you know, think about what you want in life and, and where is it going to lead you? And, you know, even with skaters, you know, it was very difficult. They couldn't train, but Debbie, you know, as well as I know that 90% of our, our senior level skaters, they're good, they're talented, but it's the mental part that they need to work on. So why not take this time to really focus in on what, you know, maybe troubling them, what, what are they feeling, what are they thinking? And, and this is the, the, the way I try to look at things in a different perspective. I wish I had been doing this like 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're all a lot smarter now. <laughs> I think it's um, it's a, a really important question and uh, a very important opportunity. My my son lives, as you know, he's an actor, and of course that has just that whole industry has has pretty much died, at least for yeah. the time being. And he and I were having this discussion the other day, exactly as you said, about this being an opportunity to really investigate some other areas of your brain, to look at other areas of interest. And I, I think with your story, uh, one of the things that stands out um, in Technicolor to me is how you managed to become so successful <clears throat> despite the um, mental uh, or emotional challenges that you faced. And I think this is kind of the, the epitome of, of success. You do it anyway. You were successful anyway. And that's a tremendous message. And, and, and that is, really the the key message that you know especially when I work with teens and trying to get them to understand that you know you can you have to find that inner cap and that soul inside you and really go after what you love and you know everything that I went through you know biggest question Debbie I get all the time is would I ever turn the clocks back you know do I regret going through that yeah and my first answer Absolutely no, because it taught me so much about who I was, what I needed, what my, you know, what my triggers were, things like that. And now as an adult and, you know, past the skating, you know, performance life, I've been able to really focus in on, you know, finding peace inside myself and just, you know, really inspiring others to realize, because I am the poster child that you can get through this. <laughs> you know what yes, I mean? Yes, yes. Oh, and it's like, you know, it's not something you get cured of. And that's what people need to understand. And depression and anxiety 
um, you know, you never really get cured, but you learn how to live with it. And I'm an example of how I've learned to live with it and how to deal with it. And, you know, if I'm having a day where I'm just off, then I just shut the phone off and I take a day for me. And that's all I need. It's just a day to recoup and re- regroup. And, um, and I learned that through this experience. And, but there's so many people out there that are going through it right now and they don't know what to do and they don't, they're scared to reach out for help. And, you know, I'm the first one to say, don't be afraid to reach out for help. You know, I've reached out for help two or three times since 1983, you know, when I went through the the major ordeal. But um, don't be afraid. You're not alone. And, you you know, it's not a horrible, bad image to be going for help. You know, it just means that you're really taking care of yourself. I guess in the past we've considered this um, uh, anxiety or depression as some kind of weakness. Uh, weakness in our personality when in fact I think you and I have had this discussion before uh, how we are all prone to it depending on uh, might be different types of severity Uh, maybe it's a very passing thing but it is part of living and I, I go ahead Liz sorry go ahead sorry I interrupted you no, I actually just, I disagreed with you. So, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. Like it's, there's so much, like when I went through it, you know, back before this area of Olympics, there really wasn't a lot of help out there. You know, there was such a stigma and people were afraid. And, and it's exactly what you just said. If you kind of voiced how you were feeling or, or, or behaving, you know, you were considered weak or not, you know, strong enough. And that was something that I got a lot of when I was competing because I, you know, it was announced that I suffered from depression and anxiety. It was like people didn't have the confidence in me then. And that's so wrong. And I think my Olympic medal is so much more for people to realize, yes, you can do this. You can go out there and be successful and and a fulfilling life, even when you are suffering from something. And it's just reaching out to that help and understanding that, you know, you can get better. It's interesting, isn't it? Because we we talk quite often, not just about the value of skating and the skills you learn from skating, but from sport or other extracurricular activities, whether it's music or drama, whatever it may be, we learn certain skills. But I, okay. I think about how important that lesson is to which you refer and the skills that you learned at a very young age to be able to compete successfully and yet still manage this, um, what you've described at the time as being um, debilitating. And it, it really yeah. was, it was debilitating. And especially, you know, in the athletic world, um, you know, with the drug testing, you're not allowed to really be taking a lot of different prescriptions and things like that. So I really right. did it through- yeah, I really did it through talk therapy, which was, you know, a godsend for me. Between Terry Orlick and Peter Jensen, um, I wouldn't be talking here today. I, I don't know what would have happened. And, um, you know, just having that support system, and that's what, you know, skaters and other athletes or whatever the career is, you need to have that support. And I had amazing support behind me. And, you know, I accredit I my career so much to the people that were, you know, so supportive. And Debbie, you were one of them. Like I always 
felt so good when you were commentating me because you were always so positive. And that's what we need. We need to be positive with our athletes and we need to inspire them and motivate them. And, you know, I probably can, you know, on, on my hands count, you know, the people that were like that and you were one of them. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm blessed to have, to have had that support system without having to be medicated. Um, and, you know, now it's gone leaps and bounds because it's become such a, you know, a pandemic in itself, you know, with people today. True. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, thank you. That That's wonderful to hear. And I'm sure you know that one of the highlights of my broadcast career was when you <laughs> stepped off the ice in Calgary and into my arms. <laughs> I felt like I'd skated with you. Oh, it was Thrilling. Uh, you know, and it was just such a, a great moment because it really, um, you know, kind of what you were just saying about what you learned from sport. And what you learn from sport is is pure joy and dedication and commitment and all those things that you carry through as an adult. And, you know, a lot of skaters that I'll coach, you know, I'll always say to them, you know, it doesn't matter if you don't make Olympics. You know, what you're getting out of being a skater and what you're getting out of training and everything like that, you're going to carry through life with that. And it's just going to make you, you can't get an education like that. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. experiencing and going through it and understanding it. And, you know, it's, it's just incredible life skills, what sport can give you. Yeah, but I imagine when our coaches told us that, we kind of looked at them like, what? <laughs> yes. It's only it's only later that we begin to appreciate how important that conversation was, unfortunately. Yes. Oh, and gosh. You know, and those, those skaters will be like me today sitting here being able to count on my hands those people that really were there for me and meant something to me. And that's the kind of person I want to be for people now. So I learned that through sport, you know, um, you know, you're you're like you're like my sister, and you know that connection with you is strictly because of all the love and support you always gave me in my career, and you know, and it's it's just so great to be able to be you know older now and thinking back and and smiling at all these great people that were that were my backbone. Yeah, we, we've been very blessed in so many ways. Um, talk us through how, uh, I mean, we've had the short strokes about how you've made the leap from coaching into life coaching. Um, tell us more about that journey. I think it must be a good one. It was it was really great. I, I actually did it in Toronto and the company's out of California, which is called CTI. And I went to, um, I did, it was over about a year and a half that I was in courses and then I was doing certification through Zoom because COVID had come in or no, actually, I'm sorry, I'd already had my certification. We did Zoom because the coaches were from all over the world. And when I did my final exam, it was an oral exam on Zoom. And one of my, um, the two people that were giving me my exam, one was from Israel and the other was from Mexico. <laughs> so wow. It, it, yeah, it was quite interesting. And um, I was very, very nervous. But what the life coaching is, it's, 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 you know, a lot of people say, what's the difference between a life coach and a, let's say, a, a psychologist or something? And what a life coach is, is really digs down deep and finds that inner, 
that inner strength that's inside us and bringing it out and being positive. And, you know, the biggest part of it is explaining and trying to get people not to be afraid of change. Fear is good because fear means you're challenging yourself. And change is good because change means you're opening up doors to new avenues. And so that's where I come in. It's just really trying to get people out of the rut of life. You know, I want people to live life, not just live it. You know, so, you know, really dig deep and find out what their passions are. And, and that, you know, Debbie, it took me a few years to real, really figure out what is my passion. And, and it really came to a realization that my passion is to work with people. And that was what drove me into doing this. And I can't even tell you, I uh, received an award last year from the Royal Ottawa, which is one of the, the biggest organizations in our country. And it was an inspirational mental health award, which is the biggest award this, this um, hospital gives out. And I remember when I got up on stage, I, I, I broke into tears. I felt like I was at the Olympics again because it just meant so much that I was being recognized for something that I'm so passionate about, just like the Olympics. And for me, that moment, um, you know, 1,200 people at this dinner and just that moment was so special to me. And um, that's really been my leverage to keep going with this. Yeah, we featured that award on the blog, actually, Liz, <laughs> um, because, you know, you, you are such a role model for all of us and uh, your continuing efforts to, I, I, I want to say reinvent yourself, but that's kind of minimizing uh, the journey that you had, but um, investing further and further and digging deeper and deeper into your soul for what your purpose is here on life. I'm, I'm interested in going back a little further, if you don't mind. How did you connect the dots? Like when you made the decision, how did you find this particular program? How did you connect the dots from well, uh, where you were to where you are now? Well, the, 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 when I signed up to do, to go back to this and get the education on it, um, you know, one, a few people said to me, well, why don't you just be a life coach or Elizabeth Manley, you know? And I said, no, I'm not like that. I'm an, I'm an, you know, I'm the type of person that you can never know enough. And I wanted that certification behind my name. And after the first two, so you did every uh, other weekend for three days, I moved into the hotel because I wanted to be all part, you know, part of it and everything. And every time I did a course, every, you know, second weekend, I was getting more and more at peace with myself, more and more accepting where I was in life. I think one of the, the hardest things for an athlete is to let go and not be in that spotlight anymore. And, you know, I spent you know, almost, what, 47 years in the spotlight with skating, you know, after I did my charity shows in my 40s and things like that. And it was, it was very tough for me when I first started doing it because I thought, you know, do I want to do this? You know, skating's been my life. I feel like I, I, I'm supposed to be in skating. I'm supposed to be doing this because I've lived yeah. my whole life before. And when I started realizing that, no, you know, just because I had, you know, 48 years in the skating world doesn't mean that I'm expected to die in the skating world. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and, it, and it's interesting because when I was coaching skating, I felt like 
you know, half my lessons were working with these kids mentally because they would bring all their problems on the ice. And by the time I got them feeling better about themselves, then we can start the skating lesson. And I realized that the serious need that we need out there for people just to have an outlet, someone, a safe environment, a safe place to open up and speak. And, um, as I continued through the courses, that's when the dots started to connect. And my very last course that was in person, um, you had to you had to make an acknowledgement and you had to step over this line. And it was after working months and months and months with this course. And I remember when I got up to the line, my entire class was arms open. And when I stepped over this line, Debbie, I said, I'm ready to let go of skating. And there wasn't a dry eye in the room because they all knew who I was. And just being able to say it was so, it was like weight was lifted off my shoulders because I knew I was on a journey to a new, you know, kind of reinventing myself. Like you said, that's a perfect word. It really was reinventing myself. And then that was you know, I got back home that night after the final day and I signed up right away for certification course, which was another whole, you know, eight months. And um, it, I found myself through this again. It was almost like I was working with, with Peter Jensen all over again, you know. Um, yes. I, not only was I learning to be a life coach, I was learning a lot about myself again. And I was so inspired and there were so many tears in, in our group, in our group settings, um, people just letting go and, you know, being passionate about what they wanted to do. And um, it was very inspirational for me to go through the whole experience and it changed me as a person. And, you know, I, I come across people now that are, you know, really hyper and high strung, like everybody knows Liz Manley is. And I, and I always look at my husband and I go, was I that bad? And he goes, you were double that bad. (laughs) (laughs) But I come to grips, I come to grips with my career. I've, I've, I've acknowledged and I have um, embraced my age now. And it just, it feels great. It just feels wonderful. It's an amazing thing. We're sort of bantering around with this word reinvention. And Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, this just off the top of my head, but that kind of that word seems to indicate to me that you kind of lob off what was before and start over. And And it's not quite the right word because while I'm very touched by how you describe um, letting skating go to the past, uh, I accept that while that is obviously very true, there are so many things which you have brought with you today that are part of what that skating journey was. So there is this reinvention, but there's also this historic uh, landmine of great stuff that you bring along with you. So it's fascinating. Well, when I say I'm I'm ready to let go of skating, I mean, you know, I'm always going to be involved with skating. I mean, that's been my life. And, um, you know, we just moved to Ottawa. And, of course, back in my home, so you can imagine, you know, I'm Ottawa's sweetheart here. And everybody's, like, so excited. It took all of 24 hours for my entire street to know that I was moving in. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
But, you know, um, when I was living in Toronto, a lot of my stuff, I was there for about, you know, seven years and everything was in storage. And one of the things that I'm really persistent with my clients is making sure that they remind themselves of all the good things they've done. So when we moved in this house, there was this one beautiful room in our house. And David said, I want this as your office because you're working from home now and you need to have a good office. And for the first time, I hung up everything, all my, you know, Olympic stuff, um, you know, great photos, certificates, you know, trophies, things like that. And I stood at the door and I got very teary because I, you know, here I'm telling all my clients, I want you to make a list of everything you're proud of. And I want you to see it every day. Put it by your toilet if you need to. You know, just, <laughs> But now, Debbie, I come down every morning for my morning coffee, and the first thing I see is this room, and it's a reminder what the sport has given to me and, and, you know, what I've accomplished in it and what it has given me. And it's given me this platform to a new career. And um, it, it, I, I'm, I'm so blessed. I'm, I'm so blessed that I stuck it out. I believed in it. I believed in my abilities, and that's what we need to train, our, you know, our athletes today is to believe in themselves. I mean, no one thought I was going to be on that podium in Calgary, especially when I was sick and everything. Um, but, you know, I made a stand for all those people out there that feel they can't, you know, get any better or they can't accomplish or be successful. You know, I'm that person that they should think about because I was able to overcome that. But like I said, it, you know, it wasn't easy and it took a lot of support and a lot of great people. Um, but I wasn't afraid back in the eighties to reach out for help. And, you know, so people today really need to understand that it's okay. It's okay. You're not alone. I like how you uh, refer to fear in that it, it is motivating and I just want to I just want to link some of the things that you just said. Uh, we were both very fortunate to have achieved Olympic success. Um, mm -hmm. And and those things are extremely important. And like you, I'm very proud of that accomplishment as well. So much so that when I'm afraid of something, I, I try to say to myself, hey, <laughs> You've been to the Olympics. Yes, you could do this. And you know, uh, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Liz. Oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I thought I just lost you. No, it is so true. I remember Debbie when I was commentating at the Vancouver Olympics and I was watching Joanny and everybody out on warm up. And I was, I think, just as nervous as them. And I remember I felt like I was gonna throw up. I was like, how did I do that? How did, how did I go out there? Like, I was, it was so intense. And it was like, but you know what? We shouldn't be afraid of fear. And I remember one thing that Peter Dunkel used to always say to me, my coach, he said, you know, butterflies are really important. Just make sure they're flying in formation. Yes. <laughs> you know, they're not crashing into each other. But, you know, fear is adrenaline. And fear is challenge. And fear... Um, is exhilarating. It really is. And um, so we shouldn't be afraid of fear. Just like you say, we should, we should be realizing what fear, how fear pushed us, you know, to be, you know, the, the Olympic medalist you and I are. And um, without fear, we wouldn't have succeeded in that way. And that, 
and I'm sure it's with you too. I mean, that's what I carry through my whole life. When I'm afraid or I'm scared of something, to me, that means I need to try it. I need to go after it. Um, you know, there's certain things that I'm scared of, like roller coasters. There's just no purpose to that for me. <laughs> you know? Or bungee jumping. <laughs> or bungee jumping or parachuting or whatever. That's yeah. Fear that I, yeah, it's not going to improve my life. You know, it might kill me, but, you know, but, um, you know, fear on things that are going to move you forward, you got to go after and you did it, and I did it, and, you know, we need to really push that message to, to our younger athletes. And I think this, this is at a time, too, particularly for younger athletes, but it, it applies across the board, that um, at an early age, you, you don't have two things. First of all, you don't have this, this huge list of accomplishments that, <clears throat> that you can look at and uh, use them as support. Um, plus, you don't have the experience to uh, be able to identify the kinds of skills that maybe others see in you, but that you don't see in yourself. So I, I think that what, what you're doing, this, this new phase of your life, is so important to be able to build those kinds of foundations for people. Absolutely. I mean, when I started working with, with Terry, I mean, I was just national champion. So, you know, I still haven't even really been to Olympics or anything like that. But it is important to lay that foundation and that base work um, at an early age. You know, I may be repeating myself, but I've always felt if you if you make it to the elite level in a sport, it means you're good enough. It's the ones who mentally can keep it together that are the successful ones. And, um, you know, so it's so important, just like you say, but it, it you need to have that groundwork for those kids. And it's not just about uh, succeeding at high levels. I think when I, when I referred a moment ago to... Uh, individuals being able to recognize the skills that they have developed. Uh, it may be schoolwork. It may be gardening. It may be knitting uh, or drawing or something like that. Those are all things that build skills and, and should be looked at as foundations for building of confidence. Absolutely. You know, I remember when I was skating, I was also swimming, I was on the track team, and I was doing gymnastics. And I was learning from everything. And and then when it got to that point where my parents said, okay, we're spending too much money, you got to be warm. But, but, you know, they spread me out on different types of things, you know, to, to gain those skills, and to, to, figure out what I wanted. You know, I, I sometimes get frustrated when I see parents just, you know, you see some kids that really just don't want to skate. They want to play soccer. They want to do something else, but their parents are really enforceful, you know, on this one thing. You know, I've always been a real fan of parents allowing the kids to try multiple, you know, different types of sports and then really find their passion for which one they really like. I think that is important instead of forcing them into one thing for their dream. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's got to be, got to be the kid's passion and the kid's dream. And, um, you know, that's exactly where it went for me. You know, I was doing multiple sports and, uh, my poor parents, I think back to that and go, I don't know how they did it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
<laughs> I know. Shocking. It's shocking. I know. Man. <laughs> and how did how did you decide on skating? You know what? I just loved it. Um, I was, um, I had no fear. Like I love to jump and I love to, I was a show person. I really liked to, I remember it got so bad that I always loved to just skate in front of people that um, Bob McAvoy, my first coach used to put newspapers on the window. So no one could see the ice <laughs> So, you know, I look back it's like oh, I was such a showboat, you know. I just wanted to perform and be out there in front of people. And I think, you know what? That made me a great show skater. Sure. On those days. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's what I tell these kids. You don't have to be an Olympic medalist. There's so much you can do with this sport. You can go to a show, you can coach, you can, you know, work in all different kinds of fields. That's what's so wonderful about figure skating is we have what I call life after sport. There's so many areas that you can go into. And, uh, you know, you look at these other sports where there really isn't a life, there isn't a pro side to it, there isn't this. And um, we're really blessed with figure skating that there is a great life after it. And such an amazing history in the sport as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So many role models, so many incredible stories like yours. And uh, I, I think that um, when I, I, I know you so well and I know your determination and your optimism and your willingness to work hard. And I can't imagine that this next phase will be any, any less successful than the rest of yeah, your skating I'm hoping, careers. I'm hoping it's, you know, obviously it's a little bit slow right now, um, you know, with COVID and the pandemic and people are just really, you know, having a difficult time making ends meet at this point. So, you know, this is where I grab the athlete in me and, and I say to myself, just be patient. Don't give up. Just be patient. It'll all come together. And, you know, as I sent to you the other day, um, I'm creating this amazing workshop and um, I want this workshop to go nationwide. I want to go across the country with it. And it's going to be a feel good for young, young girls. And it'll be like a two day workshop. You know, the first day will be 13 years of age to 16. And the second day is going to be nine to 12. And I want girls to really love themselves. You know, I've always said that beauty begins the moment you decide to be yourself. And for the first time in my life, Debbie, I'm there. I'm there. I'm myself now. Um, you know, we, we lived a lifestyle where we were always being judged and, you know, out in front of thousands of people and things like that. And I'm finally really at a place where I'm just being lived now. And it's, it's an amazing place. But I saw myself as a teen and I see other teens, you know, everything from, you know, I, I see girls that want to be a Kardashian, you know, why do you want to be a Kardashian? You're so unique in your own body. You know what I'm saying? And this is yeah. what I want to enforce young girls. And then, you know, run them through some like, like little meditations and inner soul finding and, and just having a safe place to open up and talk. And I've had to make the workshops obviously smaller numbers to start because of COVID. I want to make sure social distancing is all in place and everything. Um, but my my dream, Deb, and, you know, I, I find myself at 55 years old and I'm still making goals and I'm still, you know, and that's the way we live, right, as athletes. We make a goal. We want to do this. We want to do that. Um, but my, my dream is to make this a nationwide uh, tour and nothing to do with skating, just 
feeling good and in your own body and loving yourself. I mean, I always struggled my whole life living in Katerinovich's shadow because I was short and stubby and whatever. And I was up and down with my weight. And I knew what it felt like to want to be someone else. And that did me no good. Look where I ended up. You know, I went into depression, anxiety, and, you know, it was just a buildup of of emotions. And that's why this is something that I really, I've been dreaming a long time about doing something like this. And I'm I'm really going to work hard. And I'm going to bring that athlete out of me to to really try to get this to work. And what's young girl? What's it called, Liz? And how do people find out about it? So they can go on to my Facebook, which is just Elizabeth Manley. You can go on to my Instagram, which is LizManley88, as well as my Twitter is LizManley88. Um, and the tour, the tour is going to be called You Got This Girl. And it's going to be a feel-good-in-your-own-skin type day and just really inspire these young girls to believe in themselves and to go after their dreams and their passions. And, you know, I'll talk about my story a little bit, you know, how I was able to, you know, persevere through some tough times. And um, I just want them to spend a day with, with, you know, girls their age that they can just talk and be in a safe place and be able to really talk through some issues. You know, we have bullying at school, you know, COVID, how are they doing through COVID, things like that. And, so I'm really hoping this will work. I'm trying to put my little skater brain into making a tour. <laughs> I've already been thinking I'll get an RV. I can bring my dog and my cat. And, you know. <laughs> so so um, and the tour is called You Got This Girl. And all the information is on all my social media platforms. And I have made them, for instance, on my Facebook. Um, they're all public, public. Um, my, my, um, a description of it and what it entails and everything like that. So I'm doing my first one in, uh, in October here in Ottawa and I found a great place where I can definitely make social distancing work and have their masks on and, and it'll just be a great day for girls. It sounds incredible and oh, sounds perfect for you. Perfect. Well, I, um, I wish you all the best and thank you. Uh, thank it's you. It's a warmer tour. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no ice involved, other than what might be in glasses. Uh, anyway, Liz, thanks so much for visiting with us this morning. It's been an absolute delight, as always. Well, and I wish everybody the best through this time in life right now. And you know what? We're all going to be okay. We're going to get through this. We have to stay positive. And stay healthy. Yes. Thanks, Liz. Thanks, Debbie. It may be more than 30 years since Liz's thrilling silver medal win at the Calgary Games. However, her enthusiasm, work ethic, and authenticity are as powerful as ever. With so much experience, the ups and the downs, and her willingness to share those lessons, this new direction will no doubt prove to be some of Liz's most important contributions to skating. Thanks again for joining us here on the Skate Canada Alumni Podcast. If you aren't already subscribed to receive each new episode 
every month as it's released, feel free to head on over to alumni.skatecanada.ca and you can actually find the, the podcast in iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts and whichever app you use, just search Skate Canada Alumni Podcast. If you head on to that website address, alumni.skatecanada.ca, you can also see all kinds of blog posts, photo galleries, and updates from the alumni community here at Skate Canada. So I'd encourage you to hop on over there, add your comments if you have something to say or you, some memories were triggered by uh, some of the stories that our group has shared, um, and we'd love to, to hear from you there. So thanks again for joining us. For the Alumni Blog, I'm Alex Kilby, and we'll see you next month.